This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. Yes, folks, I'm Stanford Chidge, and we are back on a Friday. It feels good, I have to say, even if we're running predictably a minute or two late. But there we go. Uh, Mr. Kidd is in the house. How are you, dear boy? Yo, as in the house. Um, very good. Thank you very much. Lovely to be on the show. Yeah, what, what, we came up with an idea that you should, I know you should rap through a Chelsea fan bite the other day, didn't we? I'm sure we came up with that idea, did we not? Yes, I also to do one uh, as if it was a 1930s um, Pathé newsreel, I think we did as well, didn't we? Did we? we? Yeah, and to do another one naked, came up with that one as well. Yeah, yeah. well, that, all of these things have kind of, I mean, you, you have done the naked song with the scarf, remember? Yeah, and I've yeah. done the naked, I've done that, yeah. Thankfully, I for, forgot to press record and saved, yeah, no, sa- saved a yeah. very grateful nation. Who have we got on the show tonight, Mr. Kidd? Uh, a couple of wastrels, a couple of ne'er-do-wells, a couple of, uh, oh, I don't know, do I have to mention their names? Oh, okay then. Uh, it's the wonderful Mark Meehan. Uh, the brain of Stamford Bridge, man who knows everything there is to know. And of course, you gonna say hello first, Mark? Before I yeah, introduce- good good evening, good people of Mixler. Uh, congratulations if you had seven oh three in the sweepstake tonight. A happy nineteen seventy eight forty three year anniversary for those of you who remember. On this day in nineteen seventy eight, we beat Liverpool four two in the FA Cup. One of the greatest games ever seen at Stamford Bridge. And hopefully we'll get in our DeLorean tonight to take you back to what should have been the 1997 FA Cup final. Mm. But all of that later. Yes, indeed. Yeah. There we go. You uh, tease. You tease. May I introduce the other person? Yes, please. Football Doll London, Sammy Cassol. Woo! You're very kind. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me on, as always. Can I still get away with saying Happy New Year on the yes. 7th of January? Yes. Yes, well, Happy New Year to everyone in Mixer and Happy New Year to you three as well. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Happy New Year to you, Sam, and always lovely to see you. Right, uh, on the agenda tonight, we're going to have a, a chat about the uh, the you know, the 2-0 win against Spurs in the Caribou Cup on Wednesday night and uh, 
pick up any tidbits from the press conference today. Uh, obviously, most of the show is all about us playing uh, the mighty Chesterfield, uh, who also play in blue, the Spireites. So uh, in part two, we've got uh, Dave Garrett, who uh, runs a podcast called The Legends of the Spire. He's our opposition view guest. And then in part three, we will be talking about the game uh, tomorrow. And also a little bit of, you know, I mean, there's all throughout this actually a bit of history about Chesterfield, as Mark was alluding to. So it should be fun. Um, but without further ado, uh, the Chelsea Spurs game. Um, I tell you what, JK, I mean, your fan by as always absolutely nailed it. But I mean, it's always pleasing to beat Spurs, obviously, always pleasing to 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 batter them and make them look as rubbish as they are. It was particularly pleasing to embarrass and humble and humiliate Conte. Um, but I tell you what pleased me most. It was the intensity and it was the speed with which they were passing the ball, but particularly the way that the bit part players turned up because the number of times you and I have moaned this season and said, well, we've got a really big squad, but are some of them really up to it when Tuchel needs them to be? Well, I thought against Spurs, Alonso, I mean, he's not a bit part player anymore, but Saul and Ziyech and Zar were excellent, yeah, actually. They were. They were. And the uh, the four four two seemed to work admirably, didn't it? It confused, um, clearly confused the Spurs players. But yeah, I, we, you know, it's that question of did we play so well as to stop Spurs from from showing anything? But or did we just were they just absolutely feeble? I felt the the intensity, the lack of intensity and the lack of passion in a in a cup semi final from a Tottenham side was absolutely deplorable. I think their fans should have been their their, well, their foul mouthed fans should have been um, uh, ashamed of themselves. I mean, they did keep singing, but they sang very inappropriate stuff. Uh, particularly this, I wish they'd stop singing this uh, this murderer business at Alonso. And Alonso was fantastic. Actually, I, I don't because I think it absolutely it, it, winds, it winds him, him up. up. I yeah. think you're absolutely right. He seems to just play out of his skin every time. But yeah. Um, Huge kudos to Saul, who looked looked the player. I think that we uh, that we um, uh, we've we 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 got on loan. I mean, there was a um, an story in the Express. Of course, you pay no attention to it, saying that we weren't um, we weren't going to uh, buy him or even maintain the uh, the loan, and we were going to sell him back, let him go back in January. But I think after that performance, well, at the moment, that's not going to happen at all. And particularly with uh, with injuries, it makes you it makes you feel pleased for him actually because he he. He looked like the player that clearly that, that uh, Tuchel had, had brought over from Atletico, and the player who's played for Spain. Um, but yes, Saar was 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 fantastic as well, and uh, and as was Dave. Dave put in a really great shift. I thought they the um, as you said the speed that the ball was passed around was great. I mean, once again, the problem is is the is the last third. You know, it, it's chance after chance, and Zayek, the enigma that is Zayek, who had those two perfect chances. That that awful moment, that one that came across from um, Lukaku's pass where he, he was right in that, that terrible thing when you're in the stand and you're watching and you see, oh yeah, he just has to hit it into the bottom left corner because we can all see it. He just has to do one of those shots that aims for the post and it'll fade in with his left foot. And he just hit a kind of tame shot straight at Lloris. You go, no, come on, you're better than that. And it's similarly with his volley that was over. And yet then also, as I mentioned on the fan bike, that superb 35-yard pinpoint pass that he played, and the and the centre also for the um, the free kick that he took that, that was, uh, um, uh, um, and I was thinking at the weekend actually that was that was for that was punched out for um, for uh, uh, Kovacic's goal. But no, a couple of other free kicks that he took were just um, 
you, you do, the fact the free kick for the double header that went in for the own goal. You, so it's interesting watching him as a player thinking, what is he going to come up with? Is he, 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 he seems to get better each time, but then miss the most elementary thing. Sorry, I've waffled on a bit here, but you, you asked me. So uh, This is true, I did. I only have myself to blame, therefore. Have yourself to blame. Yeah, sorry. sorry. That's all right. No, it was good, actually, because you kind of picked up on uh, a lot of the points you made on, on the fan bite, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Sam, I, I mean, JK mentioned that we, we played 4-2 four, four or, or as two called a score. It's like that kind of a Rangnick thing, isn't it? Which I don't understand. This 4-2-2. Two, two. Hang on. 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. But actually, what I, I mean, it, it, we've been talking about systems for a while and, you know, should we play four at the back? I particularly loved Tuchel's reasoning, which was, well, I didn't have enough defenders to play with three at the back, so I had to play four. And I thought, yeah, I like kind of like that. But I actually thought that Ziyech and Mount were brilliant within that system, the way that they were moving around the pitch to actually make it work because they that's what made it into a 4-2-2-2, two, 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 if you see what I mean. I mean, did you have any inkling of that in any of the presses last week that Tuchel might have to do that? Um, not really an inkling in the presses, but yeah, as you rightly said, yeah, I mean, I've got no defenders, so I had to play four at the back. But uh, Kai Havertz as well was really good in that um, kind of fluid formation, which I think suited him really well in that first half before he got injured. What I think was even more impressive was that they only had one training session with it and that um, Tuchel managed to drill into this players who have been wedded to a, a back three or a back five, whichever way you want to, we want to look at it for the last 12 months. Uh, and they adapted to this four, four, two, 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 or four, was it kind of a four, two, three, one. You could have maybe thought of it as a um, very easily indeed. I mean, Spurs were abysmal. I think it's fair to say they were abysmal. That first half was like a training session at times. It reminded me of the preseason game at, um, at Stamford Bridge in that mind series when they played them off the park in that first 45 minutes. But yeah, no, there was a lot of good performances around there and it really topped off what has been a very good week for Tuchel, I think, uh, in terms of how he's dealt with the Lukaku situation and just, and we look, we know Chelsea's not been on the best run in recent weeks, but beating Spurs always helps. Um, they should have won by more, which I'm sure we're going to get onto later. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see that they can be tactically flexible as well and um, playing that four at the back um, with, SP as a right back and uh, Marcus Alonso as a left back. Yeah, it was a it was a very good performance, a very professional performance. And uh, Spurs on an eight match unbeaten run, I think they were coming into that game, and they did not look, look like a team that had gone unbeaten in their last eight. Yeah, they, they were truly dreadful, actually. Uh, JK, I know you wanted to come quickly, and then I know just Mark, a little bit. I, yeah, I just want to say on the on the um, uh, the presser today, he said it's it starts as a four. He said, but it, that's only when. That's only in certain situations. He said, then it just becomes the normal setup. Everybody then goes, they slot back in. So I don't think it was as difficult as, as we're thinking it was to play that way. I think it was pretty simple because they, they then get back into a setup that they're used to. It's just the initial playing with, the, with one less player. That's all I wanted to say. I mean, because he mentioned that today. He said, yes, at the beginning it is, but then it becomes something else. I mean, if you think about it, sorry, Mark. I mean, if you think about it, you know... I mean, I know we all get a bit kind of excited about systems and things, but you know, we all we we know enough about football. We've all been watching it long enough to know that they start in a particular system and it then gets very fluid. It, it changes in game a lot, and also, I mean, you know, the classic uh, Tuchel three four three becomes you know a five a five. Uh, five two uh, three at various occasions, doesn't it? You know they go back to a five man defence when they're out of possession. So 
I mean, in a sense, we shouldn't be so, you know, surprised that it that it works so well because that's kind of what they do. Mark, I'm so sorry. I kept you waiting ages. Sorry, Mark. Sorry. No, that's that's okay. I, I was going to say a lot of credit has to go to Tuchel for this. That you're in the pub beforehand and you see the side come out, and then you're having the debate. Well, I thought what? it was terrible when I saw it, mate. I'll be honest with you. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, seriously. There was there was a WTF moment. And you're thinking. Well, what? Who's going to play in defence? What formation is going to be? <laughs> yes. And but then it was a joy actually. I know beating Spurs is obviously a massive part, of it, but it was a joy to watch it as well because when it's set up, as soon as the game kicks off, it looks like it's three at the back, and you go okay. But then very early on, for a while, yeah, that's the fluidity of it. Even Zayech was almost filling in that fullback. You know the way the team was playing. You know, so he was up and down. So it wasn't just Havertz and Mount. I think Zayat did a good job there there as well. Although I, I, I agree with Jacob on some of the other things. Crossing superb, finishing. Uh, uh, so he was like a, a right back, a right wing back, and then further forward. So I thought he had a really good yeah. first half. I thought Walter was fascinating about the 4-2-2-2. Two, 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 um, is obviously there's a lot of talk about Aragnik, you know, and Tuchel being his pupil. And if you watch the Man United game the other night when they tried the four two 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 two, it was shit. Yeah, for one <laughs> well, of better words. So were they, mate. <laughs> and so, so were they. <laughs> and that, that moment when it's four two two and you had Jorginho and Saul, and then you had Mount and Zayet, and then you know, in the second half when you had Werner and Lukaku. And then it moved to four three three at times as well, and it went to four four two. It was almost like watching the Dutch team from the nineteen seventies. It chopped and changed so much. And again, that point, for the lack of training on it, yeah. it works so well. And that whole debate about not having the players to play four at the back, well, we clearly demonstrated the other night with the right players, yeah, we, we could play four, four at the back. And again, I thought Rudiger had a fine game at the back as well, where he's often been criticised in the past of not being able to play in a four, he's better in a three. Um, but again, look, JK, you know, I have to go with Saul. He was my man of the match, you know, you know, for the 70 minutes, he was on the pitch, you know, and I know if the Reverend Glover was on, you know, he would talk about stats being arse gravy and all that, bless him. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and I'm not a stats person, as you know, but you, you can't ignore it that, you know, when you're hearing stuff in the Carabao Cup this season, he's got the best performing stats as a midfield player. Yeah. You know, he clearly is doing something right in this competition. And if it helps then going into other games as well. And I just thought it would have been lovely if that Zola-type flick and that corner had come off. Can you imagine if we'd scored? And as I said before we came on, because I was badly organised, I didn't sit in my normal seat the other night, so I sat behind the goal in the Matthew Harding. I normally am, but I'm not quite there. Uh, and other than them going through the songbook, an absolutely great song that not enough people sang, but oh, basically, cool. if Sowell scores, we're on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a few... And I think if that moment, if he had scored... You know, whether or not it would be funny, other than that kid running on as well, we'll, talk, we'll probably talk about that later. You know, it would have been an absolutely brilliant moment. Fair play to the guy. And also, I'd give a shout out to Clayton as well. And I mentioned this before, you know, if you read Clayton in CSEK fanzine, a couple of issues back, he was praiseworthy because unlike the rest of us, he did watch Saul last season and he said there's a good player there. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've seen in the Brentford game, I think we've seen in the Wolves game, and we saw the other night in particular. I thought I thought he was magnificent. And again with JK, special shout out for Alonso as well. It would have been a close run thing for Man of the Match. I thought Alonso had a superb game as well. And then I think the only the only final thing then was Conte. You know, yeah, we should have batted Spurs more than two 0 
But what a subdued manager. It just did not make sense. He realised what he'd done. But he got he out, he got out four. You know, he thought probably <laughs> going to play three five two, and Tuchel bossed it. And I think he learned early on. I know he tried to fix it in the second half, but then Tuchel mixes it around yeah, again. I think he yeah. suddenly it, it kind of that it's that awful. It's a bit like I don't know. I, I can't say this because of course in today's day it would be seen as incredibly misogynistic. So I shall try and use another analogy. It's kind of when you realise you've spent all of your money on a on a really fancy flash car and you realise that it's actually a Skoda underneath, you know, and I think that's what he's done. He's he's kind of, he's suddenly realised how shit Spurs really are compared to Chelsea, you know, because he was good for us. Anyway, JK, I know you wanted to come in. No, I, just, I just want to say that the way a song mutates is because they sang if if um, Sal's scores were on the pitch at Brentford and it was being done ironically. Yeah. And it's interesting how it, you know, in how many weeks it is, two weeks, suddenly we almost meant it because he was yeah. playing so well. And yeah. it's how it had changed in two weeks from because he played so well at uh, in Brentford as well. That, um, but it was it was definitely being said, being sung in an ironic way, as if to say, you know, actually, uh, um, he's not going to score and, uh, uh, and we'll, we'll run on the pitch and uh, escort him off. Whereas in this instance, it really was uh, a goodie. But I love the fact that that's now his song. You know, yeah. that's, it. that's his song for the, for the rest of the season. No, I love it. I love it too. Um, I mean, I tell you what, you know, you know that things have turned the corner with Saul. I think when when you saw two really physical, proper what I would call Premier League tackles. One of them on Hoiberg, who's quite a beast. So he's 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 upped his game physically, which is good to see. And I think his is part of the success we're seeing with him now. Sam, um, all, all week, uh, you know, we had the uh, Lukaku gate, for want of a better word. Everybody wrote something about it. And I pinged a piece off to you boys just, just, just in time to get it out before the match. You know me, I'm always quick off the mark. Not. Um, I was therefore quite curious to see how he would play. And I, I, had, I had a real hope that he would, he would use it as an opportunity to you know, show a bit of commitment, really, for want of a better word, but hopefully smash a few past Spurs. So I was quite disappointed. Um, I mean, I don't think he played badly per se, but I think he really needed to get on the score sheet, to be honest. And I think he needs to get on the score sheet soon to be forgiven, really, doesn't he? He should have done. Um, was it in the second half? I think it was. He had a, bit, had a free header. Yeah. Um, or was it late in the first half? I think he had a free header when you know, from... Um, from across that he should have that he should have buried, but yeah, it was um he was almost trying too hard I think um especially early on uh, he had a, had a really good run there early on but his cross let him down there was that moment in the first half as well when he kind of went on a rampaging run and tripped over his own feet and fell over and uh, yeah he was probably trying a little bit too hard to impress but um, to be fair at the end uh, at the end of the game too cool sorry in the in the in the center circle too cool gave him and gave him a big hug and was like. It was a it, it was it was a nice moment because it has probably been a difficult week. And I think with Lukaku, yeah, I mean, look, look it was clumsy. It was very ill-advised. The timing was horrific from for, for that interview to come out. And I, I, maybe I'm being well, I don't think I'm being naive. I, I, I don't think there was any malicious intent. He wasn't trying to drag Tuchel through the mud or anything like that. Um, it was just probably the wrong words at the wrong time, and, and it was just a bit clumsy. I think was is the way that I that I describe it, but. Tuchel handled it masterfully, I think, over the last week. Um, he's having the backing of the board and the club in the way that he was approaching the whole situation is huge because, as we've seen with Chelsea over the last few years, player power can be quite prominent at the club. And this time they've backed Tuchel. I think they probably realised how, how elite a manager and an elite a head coach they've got on their hands. 
So they're going to back him in how he wants to deal with a certain situation. I think that was huge. And if anything, Tuchel's power has probably even gone even more up over the last, I know that's a terrible turn of phrase, but it's increased is the word I was looking for um, over the last week or so in how he's handled this Lukaku situation. Got the club, to, got the team to come back from 2-0 down against Liverpool to draw 2-2. Arguably could have won that game and then seen our Spurs incredibly comfortably with Lukaku back in the side. So all in all, I know it's been it's four draws in five home games in the league, but all in all, it's been a very positive week, 10 days or so for Thomas Tuchel, especially considering the circumstances that he's had to deal with over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Mark? I don't know, was it just me? But I, I thought Lukaku probably tried a bit too hard the other night. And for all the right reasons, he was very much a team player the other night. You know, and I think JK gave the example where, you know, he set that one up for Ziyech and Ziyech made a bollocks of it. You know, a part of me was sort of thinking, actually, you know, he really did the overwhelmingly, I'm back with my teammates, I'm trying really hard to be part of the group, where at times I thought on Wednesday night, just be a greedy bastard and shoot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, was just, I, I thought it really was too much of a team player where sometimes you want your centre forward, as we talked about the Viales and the Mark Hughes of this yeah. world, to get the ball down and have a shot of goal yourself and be a bit greedy. A bit like, even though it didn't go in, when Werner cut in you know, from the right and blasted it wide. That's what you want from the strikers. Well, you, yeah. what you want them to shoot rather than passing it in the penalty area. <laughs> well, no, be, be a team player off the pitch and a selfish bastard on it. That's what you want from your, yeah, your centre that, forward. That's what I thought, yeah. 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 JK? I think he destroyed his own momentum because I think he played very well indeed against uh, Villa and uh, um, uh, and the game before that. And I thought I thought that he was going to maintain that. And I think he's almost psychologically given himself a bit of a, a dip as well as physically because he he was getting into a rhythm. And uh, and I think I've, if he he should play him tomorrow, really, shouldn't he, just to give him a go because he should score a. a you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored six if you stuck him up there and he did behave, but did that. I mean, having said that, though, I've said that in the past, about, particularly about Chris Sutton, who's, I think, scored naught in the, in most of these games against Lowe. He scored in the FA Cup, though. Yeah, no, he did score in the FA Cup. Well, how, many go- how many goals did he score in total? Was it three? He got, he got, three. He got three. Manchester United, Scunter, Riga and Hull City in the FA Cup. There you the, go. The other thing I was going to say about Lukaku as well, was it again just me? But he didn't get a lot of service either from his teammates, no. other than that ball on his no, head. No, he didn't. No, he but, didn't. You know, did, did they? Yeah, you know, I don't know. If they were cold shouldering him. That yeah, you know, great ball. Yeah, I felt that slightly. Yeah, yeah. He, he does that thing a lot of running into the penalty area when and I'm always with him, and I'm thinking. And lot, I tell you, I think one of the pairings is unfortunately, I don't think Alonso is great at picking him out uh, in the way that. Um, that Reese was, and uh, even to an extent, Dave is. It's just because I see the number of occasions. Once again, it's that you know, from your eerie watching, you you can pick it out as a supporter. You think, oh, Lukaku's on, and he makes a diagonal run, and he's screaming for the ball, and he's evaded the centre half, and nothing appears. And that seems to happen quite a lot with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he, one thing he's very he's very keen for the ball. And I and I think he should be given it more on those occasions. It just whip it across. Yeah. yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, obviously, we all know uh, Chelsea suffered from their usual malaise of being completely dominant and on top. Spurs reducing Spurs to the shambolic rubbish that they are, uh, but not having the four, five, or even six goals that that performance warranted. So it is still. It's 2-0. It's not a bad result at all. Um, but uh, Spurs are still in it. If they score first next week, my my sphincter will start going. Uh, and if if we score first, then it's pretty much game over. And that's the 
kind of beauty of a 2-0 really isn't it um we kind of uh, mentioned the presser uh, indirectly really with with the JK wondering if Lukaku might start a couple of things that that, that came out of the pre- uh, the presser for me today Sam was was the the likely team he might pick because there's been a lot of talk about the youth uh, playing and and the other thing uh, was uh, you know I mean Rudiger and his contract situation were mentioned. I mean, do you have any kind of inkling about which youth players might get a chance and why? And what do you think about the Rudiger situation? Is it, is it, I mean, we all think he's off, but I mean, there seems to be a little bit of doubt about that from what I've been reading. Yeah, I think Rudiger with the Rudiger situation first up, I think it was almost a it almost felt like it was a done deal that he was gone um, back end of back end of last year. I know it was only a week ago, but it was it almost felt like he was on his way. But from what I'm hearing, and I think what quite a few other people are reporting as well, is that they're Rudiger could be persuaded to stay. Um, he enjoys playing under Thomas Tuchel. He's obviously enjoying one of the probably the best builds of his career as uh, as a Chelsea player, or probably well, his career in general, probably um, in the last twelve months. Um, I think a lot will come down to whether Chelsea will meet his wage demands, which I imagine are going to be quite high because he's um, he's obviously in his last year of his last year last six months of his contract he can get big money offers from other places if not necessarily in terms of wages he can get big signing on fees as well if he joins the likes of Real Madrid so um, it's an interesting situation and I, but I think that Chelsea and Tuchel will probably just kind of almost like gently trying to persuade him to to perhaps stay and um, I think it's it's not as cut and it's not as cut and dry as I think it might have been say, two weeks, three weeks ago, um, where he almost seems to be nailed on to go. Um, I'd love to see him stay because I think he's in, he's Chelsea fans love him, especially these last 12 months. I think he's had such a fantastic impact on Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea have got one of the best managers in the world now uh, on their book. So it kind of seems might be a strange reason for him to go. I mean, he's still going to be competing for trophies every, every season at Chelsea. So yeah, I'd like to see him stay. So I think it'd be a good move. Um, in terms of the youngsters, Lewis Hall, I think, might be in with a shout tomorrow on the left. Um, Chelsea have put a couple of videos out of him on their on their Twitter account of him whacking some shots in top bins and as they call it. And he seems to be one that, that might top, get a look in. Top bins. Top, top bins. Top bins. Jk. Top bins. Top in the top. Bins. We must yeah. learn that, chaps. <laughs> it's what they use. Some of us already them. have, old chap. <laughs> Oh, really? I've never heard of that expression. Top bins. I'm, des- I'm desperately clinging onto mine, so I use the phrase top bins. Um, so they, so they, put, they, they put a few videos of him out. I wouldn't be surprised if the likes of Xavier Simmons as well, who obviously started in the Brentford game in the Carabao Cup. We've got Harvey Vale, who's the big one coming out of, um, out of the academy, one of the big prospects coming out of the academy. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get minutes as well, hefty minutes. Um, and then if I would have liked to see him due to Insight Bell play, as well, he obviously started against Brentford too, but uh, Timo Werner coming back in from from COVID needs some minutes. So I'll I, be very surprised if if Werner doesn't get a start uh, tomorrow tomorrow afternoon. So yeah, I think yeah Xavier Simmons at right back because obviously you know Chelsea are very short in their wing backs at the moment. So Lewis Hall, um, Lewis Baker, remember him? Um, he's not a youngster anymore, but um, he was due to start the Carabao Cup game until he picked up COVID. So he was very much in Tuchel's thought process as well. So there's perhaps another one there. Um, although I think Ruben Loftus-Cheek will probably get a run out tomorrow as well after his recovery from from COVID and injury. So I think there'll be there'll be a few youngsters, but it's certainly not going to be a, a 80% yeah. 
under-23s dev squad lineup, there's going to be quite a lot of senior players in there that need minutes after COVID injuries and fringe players like Ross Barkley as well. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting team selection, but some youngsters should get a run out for sure. As always, I've done mine, which I will reveal to you all in part three, and I can guarantee you this week it will be completely wrong. I can guarantee that for one particular reason, because I didn't realise that Chaleba wasn't uh, fit still, but... uh, other than that, I think the and, others... Andres, Andres Christensen might get a run out tomorrow as well, I think, because he's been back in training as yeah, well. So really. What's the situation with him? He seems to be um, uh, rumoured to be going to Barcelona, whereas he was the one who wasn't going to go. He now appears to be the one that looks as if he might look for a um, different um, aspect of scenery for his uh, rest of his career. Yeah, there's lots of conflicting stories around Christensen in that he was staying and then he was going and then he's changed his um, he's changed his agent um, and now he's going again, although he could be convinced to stay. I would love to say that I actually know what's going on, but I'll be brutally, brutally honest, I don't. Um, I, it's it almost seems like it's it's almost it's going towards that inevitable end where he does go. Um, but say two months ago, I'd have been I'd have said he's probably the favourite to stay. Yeah. Uh, um, and obviously Tuchel's called him out publicly as well, didn't he, a couple of months ago, saying that he wasn't playing because of his contract. Um, I'm, I'm sure if they came to a, if they came to an agreement, then he will stay. But uh, you've still got three three and a bit weeks left of this transfer window. Anything can happen in between now and then. And it, if you're going to prioritise one, who would you prioritise at the moment? You'd probably prioritise Rudiger, I think, at the moment. I certainly would. Uh, and uh, I think we, we better leave it there, really, because I've just realised what the time is. But, uh, Sam, always delightful having you on the show, of course. And uh, I think we, we got you we got, we got you back for a Monday show, haven't we, I think, on the 17th. Do you remember that? Oh, you might do. Yeah. Um, I'll, have to have a, I'll, I'll have to have a look at the schedule. But, yeah, I should be around for that one, yeah. I was about to say, we've given you really <laughs> a, spe- a special treat for you. You get to, to get to put up with two and a half hours two on a Monday a night, you lucky you man. Get, you get to see me fall asleep at the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, thought you, I, I thought you were going to say because of me talking, you no, were going to fall no, asleep. No, 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 no. <laughs> JK, I mean, actually, I've been noting he's falling asleep earlier and earlier and earlier. He's even crept into part part one now, actually. Bless him, you know. I yawned heavily there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know how he feels. Anyway, Sam, as always, great to see you. Thanks very much for coming along. We'll see you on the 17th and uh, hopefully speak to you before then anyway. Um, uh, we are now going to have a quick break, uh, as we always do. And when we come back, we've got our opposition view with a lovely chap called Dave Garrett from Legends of the Spire. So don't go away. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. 
Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show, of course, uh, with me, Stanford Chidge, him over there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. He's yawning. I told you. He, he, sorry. Yeah, he's already. Sorry. Already, sorry. Bless you. You're tired, aren't you? I can't help it. It's all the effort I put in to be on this show. I know. You work so hard. I do. I'm so sympathetic. Not. Uh, good to see you, JK, as always. And uh, we've got the absolute legend that is Mark Meehan as well, Mark. Good evening, good people of Mixler on FA Cup third round eve. Yes, it's a very special weekend. One of my favourite weekends of the year. But uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute. But uh, uh, it's time for this. The Opposition View. And right, that is... Uh, well, we've got. I'm really delighted to to have this young man on the show, actually, because I mean, normally we're, we're previewing a Premier League game, and you know, we know quite a lot of uh, people who do what we do in the Premier League. And 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 when we got Chesterfield out of the hat, I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I don't know anybody who who does podcasts or anything on Chesterfield. Do they even have a podcast? I mean, you know. And I don't know, I just kind of Googled a few things. And as luck would have it, I, I, I found this fine man here called Dave Garrett, who does... You do do a podcast, actually, Dave, don't you? It's called Legends of the Spire. Do you want to... I mean, hello, obviously. Happy New Year. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about the podcast? Yeah, so it was it was one of those born out of lockdown things that happened last year. I was watching a lot of Chesterfield matches from down the years when we didn't obviously have any football being played. Um and I decided that it would be quite nice to speak to some of the players and managers that we've had. So I, I stalked a few on social media. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Hewitt, who scored the equaliser in the FA Cup semi-final, was the first to say yes. And then I've just kind of carried on from them. So I'm on well, about 40 now, I think. I've just had Paul Cook, um, ex-Chesterfield Wigan boss, uh, Portsmouth boss on, on recently and had a uh, yeah, loads of players. So it's been it's been really fun speaking to lots of different people from down the it's, years. It's, it's slightly classier than us. We never speak to any players. No, no, man. no. They won't speak to us, JK. It's slightly different. Is that what it is? No, no, I didn't no. realise. Okay. <laughs> Unless they played about 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They guess they're happy to do that. Yeah, nobody will speak to but them at the club. Players, players from 30 years ago love talking about what, the, what, the, what they got up to uh, in the younger days. They really do. Yeah. 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 They're past their statute of limitations, you see. That's that's what it is. You know, they can't get in any trouble. Have you ever got hold of Sean Dyche yet? So I've had, um, I've had Nicky Law, who was our one of our managers who works at Burnley. Um, is he the Forest player? The Forest so, player, wasn't he? Uh, forest? Yeah, 
yes, I think it might have been. Yeah, he was he was like our um, centre half and then became manager. And he's oh no, it's a different player, I think. Anyway, sorry, yeah, yeah. And um, he's uh, so he might get a Sean Dyche at some point. <laughs> I'm hoping so. Um, I'm hoping to get Jack Lester at some point as well. He's he's there's kind of a few that everyone or every, each week always says, oh, when are you going to get him on? When are you going to get him on? And there's obviously there's some that say yes and some that say some that just don't reply. Yeah, <laughs> it's never easy, is it? I mean. It's. I mean, Mark, uh, who's written. I mean, Mark's written huge amounts of books on on, on Chelsea, periods of Chelsea's history, and I, and I kind of love him for that. And it, it it strikes me that you're you're trying to do something quite similarly for Chesterfield, albeit by a slightly different medium. Um, but Chesterfield have got a fascinating history, haven't they? I mean, we. I mean, you know, most people will know. I mean, the football anoraks amongst us will know that you're called the Spireites because Chesterfield's got this kind of rather peculiar, crookedish spire. Yeah. But you you were formed probably about thirty odd years or more before we were, for a start. So you've been going for a long, long time. But you've had a you've had a kind of quite an up and down history. I mean, you were in League Two until 2018, I think. And then it all went kind of horribly wrong, didn't it? Yeah, so we, we formed in 1866. So mm. I think uh, I think when we were in the league, we were something like the fourth oldest team in the football mm. league, something like that. Um, so it is a really, really old club. We've we've generally historically bounced between the equivalent of the third and fourth tier, uh, and kind of been too good for one and not quite good enough for the other. And we've flirted with the second division quite a bit over the years as well. Mm. Um, and then we had these heights. Uh, what six, seven years ago, when Paul Cook took us to the League One playoffs, and we were on the verge of. Mm get to the promised land of the championship and then Dave Allen who used to own Sheffield Wednesday and was was kind of owning owning Chesterfield decided to sell all the players and then he decided he didn't really want to own Chesterfield anymore so kind of took a lot of his money out and we just tumbled down the league so we had two consecutive relegations took us down into the National League and any any fans of National League clubs will know it's the probably the hardest league to get out of um, because you've only got you have to win the title to to get promoted and then you've got six teams vying for a playoffs for the second spot so it's so hard to get out of but so it has been a, a really tough readjustment I suppose to being out of the league um but we feel like we're on the way back now and we've got a, a like say a very strong history a very big fan base uh you know we average kind of seven thousand at the moment so um how does that so- compare in the national league Dave well, we've got kind of, uh, you've got Wrexham, Stockport, Grimsby that are all kind of averaging, Notts County that are all averaging that kind of six, 7,000. Club, clubs that, you know, I, I always associate with league football. I mean, Grimsby, I mean, we, us and Grimsby go back away, I can tell you. So, you know. Absolutely, yeah. You look at the bottom, you look at the top half of the National League and the bottom half of League Two. And if you didn't know who was in what league, you'd probably think it was the other way around. Mm. Obviously, League Two now, you've got teams like Harrogate and, um, and Sutton and teams like that that have gone up there. National League, you've got teams like Wrexham and Stockport and Notts County and Chesterfield and, and, and Torquay, even uh, Halifax, other ex-league clubs. So it's a weird league because you do have teams like Dover and Maidenhead that will bring 20 away fans, you know, and they, <laughs> they, they're still grounds where the fans will swap sides at half time. you know. I love it. It feels very kind of what you'd expect non-league to be. But then if you have your kind of Chesterfield versus Wrexham, you'll probably have over 10,000 fans there and it'll feel like it could be a, a League One or even a lower championship game. So it's a it's an odd league to be in. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Now, I mean, you know, you used to play at Saltergate, which is a lovely uh, name for a ground. And of course, you, you lost the ground, didn't you? But I mean, just to also pick up on what you were saying when that owner left, you're now a, 
Uh, I can't remember exactly how they put. It. I mean, I'm on the board. Community. I'm on the, yeah, Community. I'm, I'm on the board of the. Trust. I'm on the board of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, and we, we've often talked about this idea. But only we couldn't do it for many reasons. But you're a community. What is it exactly called, Dave? Yeah. So it was. So when we moved to the new stadium, uh, we had the Chesterfield Community Trust, That's which basically uh, rented the East Stand, uh, which is like the family stand, and rented that area underneath. Did a lot of community projects like walking football, uh, dementia projects, cancer support groups, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was it was run by some really, really savvy and, uh, and brilliant people. And then when Dave Allen kind of wanted to go, we had, they kind of got together and they had some people that had run uh, kind of local councils and things like that as well, uh, that had lots of different business knowledge. They got together and managed to get some support from I think it's Derbyshire Council and Northeast Derbyshire Council uh, to basically help to buy the club in exchange for us doing lots of community projects and sport projects around Derbyshire. So it is owned by the Community Trust and it is uh, the work that they're doing is very, uh, very charitable. Uh, but we, it seems like now we run a lot better now with the Community <laughs> Trust than we were with a multimillionaire in charge. Um, which and, and I mean that the whole point of the community trust taking over and then James Rowe coming in as manager, it's galvanized everyone and it's brought everyone back together and it's 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 just seems like it's an amazing but feeling. It belongs to you now, doesn't it? That's the point. Yeah, and all the people that own it and that are in charge of it are all fans, but they're fans with business knowledge and uh and good links around the around the uh, the county. So it seems like the it's the perfect best of both worlds, really. So you're the Bayern Munich of Derbyshire. Yeah, kind of. It <laughs> like, feel like a bit of a German model in a way. I, yeah. When we had the game against Salford in the last round, there was a German broadcaster that got in touch with me because it was screened on German TV. And it did, uh, when I was talking to him, it did seem like a very German model. <laughs> Mark? Yeah, James, yeah. I'm, I'm partial to a bit of National League football myself. So when I'm not watching Chelsea... Um, I, I go along and watch Wheelstone, who we're playing later in the season in April. So you are effectively known as a belt. Yeah. A big ex-league team. And you're in the bastard league that is the National League. Um, obviously, Chesterfield are, are in a, a good position at this present moment in time. And obviously, they've got the trust running them. And obviously, you've brought James Rowe in. But obviously, you had to make the decision of getting rid of the former manager, but run by the community trust. What's the ambition for Chesterfield? Because you're top of the league. James Rowe has produced the best winning run of any man manager, 30 wins in 50 games. Is it you've got to get promoted because this is a bastard league to be in and you've got to get out as quickly as you can? Is that the ambition of the trust? Yeah. I think it probably feels like it, it feels like this season is a great opportunity because next year a wage cap comes in. Yeah. So the big teams that are in the National League are all going to be uh, tightened up a bit on who they can buy. So I think Wrexham especially are probably already panicking about that. Ryan Reynolds can't go out and splash his Hollywood millions on players <laughs> next year. So yeah. it feels like this season is the season where Chesterfield, Stockport, Wrexham are all thinking we really need to go up this year. I don't think it would, if we don't, I don't think it would bankrupt us. I don't think the fans would uh, disappear, but um, it does feel like when you're top of the league at halfway in a, in a league like this, you've got to kind of make the most of it. But, for, but, but from a fan's point of view, obviously, you're absolutely right. It, even in the National League, you know, in some grounds, you can change ends at half-time. You can go in the home team's clubhouse, which wouldn't happen in the high league. Is there a bit of an, um, a different kind of journey and enjoyment for Chesterfield fans, say, playing in the National League, 
and playing, shall we say, teams like they wouldn't normally play. So lots of new grounds, new experiences, new different sets of supporters. So what's your way travel like on average? Like, you know, how many are you bringing away from home? Because you're getting great gates at home. So I imagine your away support is good as well. And obviously it will be tomorrow you're bringing 6,000 people. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you say that, actually, because when we dropped into the National League, um, there was a Tranmere fan that said to us, you'll, you'll really enjoy it for the first six months because you'll be like, oh, we're going to Dover today. And oh, we're going to <laughs> you know, Kings Lynn today and we'll win 8-0 and we'll have a great time and we'll have a few beers. And then it's after about six months that you realise that those teams are better than you. Um, a and, south end of finding out and yeah and you have to adjust every team that goes down it seems that they really struggle in the first few years we nearly dropped into the National League North which would have probably been the end of the club because it does seem like a lot of these ex-league clubs think right what we'll do is we'll get loads of ex-journeymen league footballers and they'll be a lot better than all these youngsters that are part-time builders or whatever and we'll smash the league but actually it works the other way around the younger players have got the desire <laughs> and the older players are just picking up the final wages yeah. but in terms of like away support yeah we've been selling out at kind of our away occasions especially the last two months when we've been back on the top again so so yeah a lot of a lot of games we've had kind of 50 percent of the attendance probably but... how is is it kabongo shimanga is that how you pronounce it because he's got 18 goals in 18 games so he's a goal a game is how good is he i know he's at Bournemouth last season and he knocked the goals in there. And obviously you, you've brought him to Chesterfield, I presume, to get you the goals, to get you promoted. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, we don't really know how much we bought him for, but we think it was around about £150,000 that we bought him for. So it wasn't, it wasn't cheap. Um, but we had kind of pandemic insurance. <laughs> Someone ticked the wrong box on the form and, and we ended up getting insured for the whole um, loss of gate receipts for the pandemic. So we signed Kabongo Shimanga, like you say, he's... Um, uh he's been scoring a lot of goals in the national league for quite a few years now and he's still only 24 so he is still uh, a good investment i suppose you look at it but the great thing about him is he scores all different types of goals so it can be a good like in the box poacher um kind of turn with his back to goal on a sixpence it can be your kind of play it through one-on-one -on -one kind of striker so um and he's kind of quite he's not the tallest but he's quite stocky he's quite strong um so we've kind of been playing him up front on his own for quite a lot of the season with two attacking midfielders behind him. And he, he leads that line quite well. And, and like you say, he just, you just give him one half chance and this season they've all been going in. So he's been yeah. instrumental. You'd teach Werner a few things then, I think. Oh. <laughs> well, yes, indeed. God, don't even go there. Um, Dave, let's, let's go back in time a little bit uh, to 1997. And... Uh, I mean, it's really interesting, you know, it was the first thing you pretty much mentioned to me when we got in touch. And it was the first thing that we all thought, bizarrely, as yeah. Chelsea fans, when we drew you out of the hat, because we were so well aware that we should have been playing you and not Middlesbrough, who we didn't really like much anyway, because we had a bit of history with them. And it would have been, I don't know, it was quite a fairy tale for us to be in the cup final, really, and with a chance to win it. And you know, it was obviously going to be a fairy tale for you. So I'd love to hear your perspective on what happened. Well, firstly, I'll say we wouldn't have let in a goal after 30 seconds in that final. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing, that whole that whole run. We, we got some fortune in that we got a lot of home games and, you know, Nottingham Forest, I think, were probably the, the biggest team that we played on, on that run. They didn't even go in the changing rooms. They got changed on the bus because they hated Saltergate that much. They're all very much big time Charlie's um 
But that whole run, yeah, was amazing. And then obviously you go to the semi-final at Hillsborough, uh, um, Old Trafford, and it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, even now I've spoken to a lot of those players, and they're all still. It still really hurts them that it all happened because we were two one up. Middlesbrough were down to ten men. Uh, John Howard had a shot, bounced off the crossbar over the line. Uh, linesman put his flag up, started running back to the halfway line. Uh, David Allery said no. At the same time, one of the Middlesbrough players jumped over the back of Andy Morris, our big striker, and and kind of fouled him. So even if it wasn't over the line, it should have been a penalty. It was ruled out. Middlesbrough went up the other end. Sean Dyche tripped up Janino outside the box. David Ellery gave them a penalty. It's 2-2. You know, and then and then they went 3-2 up after that. And then we had that amazing magical moment where Jamie Hewitt, who was very much the Chesterfield born and bred hero that had been at the club all of his life, scored that amazing equaliser. But you know, whenever you play a team like Middlesbrough and they've got Ravenelli and Janino and, and you're a division club like we were. And they've got Ellery as referee. And they've got Ellery as referee. Side, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're only going to get one chance. So the replay, I think we lost at 3-0 or something like that. Was, everybody, what I loved about it, everybody was rooting for Chesterfield. Everybody was. We all were. Everybody was. I'm, I'm, and it, I'm, I'm, and I'm, everybody was absolutely, unbelievably disappointed and pissed off with that because we knew that it was a goal. Yeah, even I mean, now, because remember the second, the second, left. it's an awful thing I associate. But the second we drew you, I thought, oh my goodness, poor, the poor supporters. I immediately thought that the awfulness of that, and the fact that it was Ellery who'd been so awful with us. We've all year. suffered at the hands of Ellery. We've all suffered at the hands of him. I think so he said David Ellery said that um, uh, in, in an interview before that he he always drives around Chesterfield now because he's, he's scared of getting a flat tire. Uh, in Chesterfield, um, <laughs> that that would be the least of his worries, mate. Yeah, if he was no, down he here, that's for sure. He, he, does, he has to do the same around Southwest Six as well, Jane. And I, I really felt for Chesterfield because obviously that day we'd played in the morning in the semi-final um, at, at Highbury, so we had the morning kickoff because of the London Marathon, and then your game was in the afternoon. So I, I was drinking in a pub near Arsenal's ground. The pub was full of Chelsea fans, and JK's right. Everyone in the pub was cheering for Chesterfield, you know, because there's no love lost between. But everyone was drunk as well, because obviously they've been drinkers, you know. So the fact that Ellery didn't give those decisions, like, you know, there was stuff being thrown at the screen, that people were really cross and angry that, you know, you didn't get the penalty that, you know, and it brought out that whole David Ellery hatred of sort of yeah. Chelsea fans again, you know. So a lot, a lot of sympathy. We should have played you in the cup final. Right. Slight digression. I wanted to ask you a question about Carefree. Chesterfield's in Carefree. Yeah. Um, we, we nicked it from them, Mark. Did we nick it from <laughs> you? Yes. Yeah. Did you nick it Absolutely. from us? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We were thinking it in 1866. Yeah, they were. Did we nick it from you? <laughs> <laughs> I, hang on a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. I didn't know this. What, what's this then? Seriously? Yeah, in Carefree. We are the famous CFC. Yeah. 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 Bloody hell. Yeah, we have. Just, so the irony thing tomorrow is if the Chesterfield fans sing it, yeah, there's going to be a confusion because the whole ground could be singing it simultaneously. <laughs> we should pass pieces of paper around saying, "Don't be offended. It's okay. It's just it, it's their song as well. We should just accept it." It's like having uh, the Liquidator yeah. played at West Bromwich album. We should just accept it. You know, I think we can lay claim to that. Us being first, I know they always say it was, but you know, if you if you if you if you, you know Gino Blue. Uh, or Mark would know it would would set you right on that. But anyway, let's not get into that argument. We'll be here all, we'll be here all night. Um, 
look, obviously we should have played you in 97 and, and uh, thanks to David Ellery, we didn't. Um, and it's quite funny, actually, Dave, because I, I quite often do a little bit of my, uh, you know, kind of current form and head-to-head stuff. I nick it all from this brilliant uh, app called Flash Score. And when I looked at it this week, it had uh, our last five games, obviously. It had your last five games. And then for the head-to-heads, it said, none found. And I said, no, that's bollocks, clearly. So I had to go to my other tried and trusted, uh, trusted source for these kind of things. And we, we have actually played you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Mm. And I think the f- most interesting thing that I found was that we played... You what? What? JK was playing actually in some of them, you know, but uh, JK's great, great friend and uh, mentor, Fatty Fultz, was actually in goal for the first But that was, was that was the, that was only our ninth ever match, right? We played you in our ninth ever match, a league match, because we were both in Division Two then, and you beat us 1 0, Dave. There you go. I think that was the first thing our like Chesterfield FC statistician came out and said was, oh, we were the first team to win at Sanford Bridge. Exactly that. (laughs) Exactly uh, that. Yeah, like they were singing carefree then. That's probably (laughs) where we we nick the song, you see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably all goes back to that. And none of your strikers were eaten by fatty faults, which is quite a miracle from what I understand. So there you go. But I mean, you know, we played you obviously a few times in the league. We walloped you 7 1 in 1907, but. uh, most recently, or the last match was uh, was in 1950, which was a, a replay in the cup. We we drew one one up up there in uh, in February 1950, and then a few days later we played you at home and we won three nil. None of us are old enough to remember that, even was, even JK. I think there was one of the games as well. I don't know which which year it was. It must have been one of the cup games from down the years where it was actually drawn at Chesterfield, but Chelsea. Paid us seven hundred pounds to play to play it in London instead. We, we paid you to to come down to, to London to switch it to to your to your ground instead. So I think it was it was uh, yeah a, a few bob went to, to switch the match. That's, That's really interesting. Nineteen eleven game. Yeah, yeah, it's been that one. Yeah, there was another one. I think it might have been that last one with Fulham. But uh, chat. He's in here. He's in here listening live on on Mixler. But Nathan from the Chelsea Grave Society was telling me that. Uh, we had to to play in different a different kit. We used Fulham's kit or something weird for that match. He'll he'll remind me of because it's in my Twitter and I can't find it. But he's in here and he'll post me a message. But so there, there has been a... we were we were officially away, were we? Even though we were yeah. at home, yeah. So we had to wear wear away kit, but they probably hadn't been packed because we were at home. So they therefore had to go up the road and borrow it. I'm 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 surmising a lot here and probably being. Uh, a bit boring, but anyway, carry right on. here we go. I've even got. Hang on, sorry, Mark. I've got a picture of it. I found it on Twitter. Uh, it's not really good for my my eyesight. I've got the match. Bloody, I might, I might. Uh, I'll, I'll forward this to you, uh, Dave, if if you want. Yeah, it's the 1950 match, I think. Uh, but Nathan says for some reason we wore white shorts in the first match, but black in the replay at Stamford Bridge. So there you go. And I do know that we had to wear claret in a match against you as well, which is in the early. 1900s. I've always thought that claret's a very appropriate colour for Chelsea, knowing our predilection for drinking. But uh, but there you go. Interestingly, as well, uh, back to that 1905 game, I think it was. We had um, Frank Thacker playing in our team, and his uh, and we have Martin Thacker now as part of the Community Trust leading the club, and that's his uh, grandfather's brother, I think, great grandfather's brother, yeah, brother, something like that. Brilliant. Something that a relative connection to oh, one fantastic continuity <laughs> fantastic yeah brilliant and, and and the other bit of trivia in the 1950 side like you had stan milburn playing for chesterfield who was obviously a relation to jackie milburn and bobby charlton and jackie charlton's uncle 
Yeah. I do, I do like the name Frank Thacker. That's a proper old football name. Football yeah. name. Yeah. Thacker the Whacker, they called him. Or Thacker, Thacker the Hacker. Yeah. yeah. Is it Th- Thacker, you said, or Backer? Thacker. Thacker. Yeah. I remember having a lot of confusion at a cricket match. There was somebody shouted out who, who was the bowler. We all shouted out, Thacker. And the uh, the uh, one of the scorers was offended, thought we'd sworn at her by saying that. Anyway, Silly old I, cow. Yeah, I digress. Anyway, yeah, we had Harry Medhurst in goal for us, and obviously uh, Roy Bentley scored a couple. And Bobby Campbell was playing for us, who went on to manage us many years later. Um, not, not that Bobby Campbell. It wasn't that Bobby Campbell. Not that Bobby Campbell. It was. I'm absolutely. Sh- I tell you what, I went on Brown to Friedale. And looked at the team photo, and it's definitely Bobby Campbell and J.K. Is a, yeah, he's agreeing with me. Chidge won me and nil. You're beating me on that one doesn't yeah. that, doesn't happen very often. That I can tell you. Yeah. yeah, we normally have a row somewhere in the middle of the show. It's unusual we have it in opposition view, but hey, whatever. Um, okay, Mark, let's. Mark is the brain of Stanford he is actually, Bridge, yeah. and I'm so the, the idiot. If so he gets something yeah. wrong, Chidge is just in seventh heaven. Well, I am because I'm normally the one that gets it wrong. You know, I mean, we even got it wrong last week. We forgot we got the blooming milk cup semis round the wrong way. I can't even yeah, be- did, I can't did. believe we did, did that. To be fair, that was a mispronunciation problem because somebody rushed through that. They just went, and we all went, yeah, yeah. We did. That was me then. Yeah, sorry, you, sorry, you're... sorry to piss on your chips, guys. It's <laughs> a different Bobby Campbell. No way! No, <laughs> no. Yep, different Bobby Campbell. Told you. Well, he looks very like him. He does. Yes, he does. But he's a different Bobby Campbell. Yeah. Bloody me! And anyway, let's bring it right up to date because uh, you know. Don't let it catch me out on that one. I can always, you? I can always mute you, Mark. Remember, I have the power to do that. Mute him! Mute him! Mute him! <laughs> now let's talk about what's happening tomorrow, really, because uh, I tell you what, actually, Dave, I was really interested to see that. You know, you. I mean, obviously, you're in in astonishingly good form at the moment. Um, I think it's what Mark was saying, 14, 14 unbeaten. But I was more intrigued to see the way that you play, actually. And I, I was intrigued to see that you, you, you play in a very similar setup to us. I mean, it's 3-5-2 as opposed to 3-4-3, I think. But you play with three at the back. You, you like wing backs. Um, and you've got kind of a, a more deep-lying striker and a main striker. So, uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I, I kind of was. And I was kind of wondering what that might mean for us, actually. Um Particularly if you play quite a lot in midfield, where we've, I, I, you know, we've been, we've been vulnerable to 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 people who play wing backs and press ours back, and vulnerable to people who play more than two in midfield. So I was quite intrigued by that. So, so it's obviously worked quite well for Chesterfield. Yeah. So our, our last, our only defeat this season was to Woking, uh, which was at the end of September. Um, so we've been undefeated since then. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's. When James Rowe first came in, he, uh, I mean, a lot of teams now in the National League are playing that formation, but James Rowe plays it in the style that you see a lot, a lot higher up in that his, uh, his left and right sided centre backs will have the license to go forward a bit and kind of underlap or overlap. Um, we have two wing backs in Jeff King and Calvin Miller, who are very much uh, wingers that have con- been converted to wing backs rather than full backs converted to wing backs. So they're very attacking in how they play. Uh, Scott, Scott Loach in net who was in England under 21 like say uh, played against Chelsea in the past albeit not very, not very well 5-0 um, uh, I think it was <laughs> back, back three we've got Mad Gav Gunning in the middle of the back three who is very much your guy who will head a brick wall and, and will, will be his game plan tomorrow will be to wind up whoever he's stood next to for the whole match so watch out for Mad Gav's antics 
generally then we'll have those wide centre-backs, of which Lawrence Maguire is usually the left-sided centre-back, Harry's brother, uh, but he's only just coming back from injury. So it'll probably be Alex Whittle, who's actually a left-back. but has does, been... he, does he play like Harry? He does. He likes to he likes to get the ball and he likes to run up the... He likes to make big marauding runs up the pitch. He's, um, he's, he's been playing really well for us this season. He's, he's been at the club since he was a youngster, yeah. And then midfield, centre midfield, we have Curtis Weston, who uh, was the youngest player to make an appearance in an FA Cup final when he was at Millwall. Um, I think he was 17 when he came off the bench in the FA Cup final. So he's the kind of experience in midfield next to Manny Oyelecki, who was at Chelsea when he was like 8 to 15 as Chelsea fan. He's had all of his family there tomorrow watching. It's only the, I think he said it's only the second match. Is, oh no, I think that's one of the plays. It's only the second match their mum's ever gone to because it's always too cold. Um, and then we play, we've been playing with two attacking midfielders behind the striker. So it's very much two centre midfielders, two attacking midfielders, Kabongo, Shimanga up front. So we'll, we'll try and eat up a lot of the space uh, in centre midfield and use the attacking wing backs. We started off last year, it was very much a, like a Gagan press style, press them high up the pitch. It's a bit more of a pragmatic style this season. That it's a bit more back to front a little bit quicker. Um, but it's been working working wonders this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against each other tomorrow. Well, it will be, won't it? I mean, there's another lad, isn't there? I mean, you might have mentioned him a minute ago, but Manny, is, how, do I, how do I pronounce this? O- Oyeleki? Oyeleki, yeah. Oyeleki, who's apparently, um, he's a boyhood Chelsea fan and he was actually at our academy until he was 14. Yeah, so there was a kid and then uh, we signed him from uh, Port Vale, I think it was. Um, there's very much the the thought that he would be a football league player, but he, he has his injuries. Um, so you have to wrap him in cotton wool a bit. Um, but we, we managed to manage it quite well at the moment so he is our best midfielder he's good on the ball he's quite calm in possession so um it'll be interesting tomorrow because in the national league you really don't get any time on the ball it's quite small pitches teams are really in your face people don't get any chance to to play so i'm really looking forward to seeing players like liam mandeville and manny oyelecki and jim kellerman that we've got in in midfield tomorrow because they might just get a little bit more space tomorrow and a bit more time um which will be really interesting to see how they do how they do in that. It might, uh, in some ways, they might quite like it playing against Chelsea rather than Maidenhead. Yeah, well, John, your manager John Rowe was saying that um, he's quite. I mean, apparently the pitch at uh, Chesterfield's pretty crap at the moment, and he was saying that he's really looking forward to the players playing on a decent pitch, and he thinks because they like to play football, it might suit them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny that because I think James Rowe's got to take a bit of. Uh, responsibility for that because he makes the players train on the pitch we have we have tra- training facilities but he makes the players train on that uh, match day pitch uh, because i think he likes to replicate a kind of a, a match day feeling uh, on the pitch and we also have i think chef united's development team or something that play their matches on it which is chesterfield fans don't really like but i suppose it's an income stream isn't it yeah. um certainly compared to a, not a lot of national league clubs it's a pretty good pitch but like you say when you compare it to like a chelsea pitch it's going to be night and day, really. So with all that activity on it, it sounds like a swamp. Proper <laughs> <laughs> league, if it was. Dave, we picked up a lot of Chelsea connections tonight. You know, with, with with Chesterfield, and obviously you've got another one. Like your assistant manager is Daniel Webb, and obviously his dad has obviously got legendary status at Chelsea. Dave Webb, and should should have his picture up on the plaque behind the shed end where you'll be tomorrow, where other historical Chelsea players are. Does David Webb ever pop along and see his son at Chesterfield? Is he ever there? He must do. 
I imagine he must do. He only came in uh, last season. Uh, he came in as at the end of last season. He came in as a coach. I think he was Leighton Orient's number two. I think when Leighton Orient got promoted from the National League, um, and obviously has, has got quite a friendship with James Rowe. So so came in as a coach first, and then moved up to be assistant manager at the start of the season. And um, he's done a few of like the post match interviews and, and things like that, and always speaks really well. So they've obviously got a good um, a good thing going on uh, at the moment. Those two. Uh, in terms of how they're managing, and I, I, I think there was when when the draw was made. Obviously, his his eyes lit up on that. It's uh, it's a dream, isn't it? That one. I bet. So, Dave, I mean, is there anything that uh, Chelsea should be worried about? I mean, you know, the, these. Ma- I mean, look, you know, obviously on paper, you know, it's an absolute given. But uh, I mean, we. I don't think we've ever been knocked out by a, a non-league team. I think the closest we got was the last time we played a non-league team, and we we went up to Scarborough in the. Uh, the theatre of fish and chip, the theatre of chips, as they called it. it, was the McCain Stadium, wasn't McCain it? McCain Stadium. They got they had a bloke dressed as a chip That's wandering right. around the and, pitch, and we were we were awful, <laughs> weren't we? We 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 scored a scrappy we goal, awful. didn't we? And then we clung on for about the last ten minutes as they bombarded us. So it's a typical classic match like that. But I mean, our record in the cup is phenomenal. We've not we've not gone out in the first round proper for twenty three years. You know, we've been in four of the last five finals. So, I mean, we all know what, what it says on paper, but we also all know because we've been around the block long enough to know that it ain't played on paper. It's played on grass. So, you know, what should we be worried about, do you think? I think, yeah, I mean, you should probably be most worried about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a... It's really going to take you having a bit of a stinker and us having a bit of a blinder. We, we're going to need Scott Loach in net having a bit of a blinder, I imagine, or... If the team Verner's playing, we're gonna have to, we hope that he plays like he usually does. Um, True, I think, very good. <laughs> I very think good. for us, very good. Um, the only thing I'm I kind of am hoping is that we've got a team that have all been playing together. Um, they've got such good teamwork and organisation in that team, uh, and they have done all season. They all know each other's roles. They all know where each other are, and it's been like that all season. So I'm hoping at the end of the day, I suppose it's eleven versus eleven. Um, and the best team will win. Not necessarily the best players, the best team will win. My only hope is that if it is a bit of a mix of some first teamers coming back from injury and some under-23s or things like that, that maybe they'll be not not played with each other as much, so maybe don't know each other as much. I'm clinging, I'm clutching at straws, really. Um, But the Chesterfield team, they will all know where each other's going. So I think that's our only hope, but... I mean, it's a very, very long shot, isn't it? But yeah. um, well, you never know. It's never weird know. with football, isn't it? You, well, I mean, weeks we, out, you think we've got no chance, we've got no chance, and then tomorrow, as I see the ground, I'll be like, we've got this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's what you got to do. That's what it's all about. I mean, I, I remember when I was there when we famously lost. I think it was 2015 when Bradford came down and we were two 0 up and we lost four two. And I mean, clearly, it was. It was beyond infuriating, and I had the right hump. And I went to the pub afterwards, and you know, uh, had the, the you know the usual cathartic a few beers to kind of calm down. And I was sitting in there, and these two absolutely shit-faced Bradford fans came in our pub, which was a bit foolhardy anyway. And they were absolutely shit-faced. But I don't think I've ever seen two football fans as happy as they were. 
and my little black heart melted. I just got it. It was that kind of, you know, the bond that we have as football supporters. And I couldn't I couldn't feel pissed off with them at all. I, they came down and sat with us and had a few drinks, actually, because they were just so happy. They just never thought in their wildest dreams they'd see anything like it. So, I mean, not that I'm wishing that to happen tomorrow, I hasten to add. But, you know, stranger I, things have happened. I'd just love it if we could score. You know, that's that'd be enough for me. We could lose 5 1 tomorrow. I'd, I'd take that <laughs> if we get means we score. You know, it'd be every shot that we manage to get, we won't get a lot. Uh, we'll be cheered if if Kabongo Shimanga can get a half chance and he puts it away. That you know, that at the end will erupt and it'll be amazing. Um, so who knows? Obviously, we don't have that. Usually, in a cup, you have a think of, oh, if we can get to 90 minutes, we can have a replay out of this. Yeah. You know, we've not got that tomorrow. So, um, penalties though. Not penalties so we can give it a bit of a go uh but it'd be great to score uh but you know who knows yeah. we'll see what so happens. so what what's your plan for tomorrow then you're coming down on the coach or on the train i'm coming down on the train so so yeah there's a i think there's loads of coaches setting off on the ground tomorrow um absolutely stacks loads like i say quite a few are already having the having a weekend in london and making the most of it uh i'm down on one of the trains so i'm sure the trains will be absolutely packed but mm-hmm. um yeah, just really looking forward to it. It's just going to be great fun, isn't it? No it's one of those where it's nice to have a week off from the National League, especially when you're top. It's nice to have a week off and you can kind of forget about it before we go back to it next week. And we can just, this is this is just a bit of a free hit. Let's hope we come away with it without any injuries because we've had far too many this season. So if we can come away with it without any injuries, I've had a bit of a laugh. The players could have just played to their best, whatever that level is. And then we come away with it with a bit of money in the back pocket to hopefully strengthen January and have a go at getting the title. Well, I mean, without, without sounding horribly patronising, and I really don't, I don't mean to be, but it, it's going to be a great day out for you, the supporters. And it's going to be a great experience for you and the players and the club, I think. I mean, probably the biggest match you've played since the semi-final in 97, I would have thought. Yeah, and we, we very, very rarely get a chance to play any of like a, a top four team you know even back in I think it was 2006 we had a bit of a league cup run when we beat West Ham and Man City but they were both kind of mid-table uh clubs back then so we never get a chance to play such a big club and you know it's a it's a game against two a two European title current holders you know we are the current holders of the Anglo-Scottish Cup. <laughs> no way from 19, seriously from 1981 uh, we beat Rangers uh, and, and then Notts County on the way to winning that cup. And then it was never played again, yeah. that cup. So we are the current reigning holders of the Anglo-Scottish Cup until they decide to revive it at some point in the future. So it's two European giants <laughs> coming up against each other tomorrow. So who knows what will happen? But yeah, amazing. And that's, that's the one trophy we haven't won. We never won the Anglo-Scottish Cup any time we entered it. We never played anyone from Scotland either. And that's that's where Carefree began. <laughs> <laughs> is it really no i'm, I'm joking no, I, just made it up. <laughs> no, I was just i just i'm desperate to find out when it started i think we've already established it started in uh 1900 uh 1905 i think we yeah. nicked it from you in 1905 i'll settle for that dave um it's been really really brilliant having you on i mean we, we love doing opposition views anyway but when it's an opportunity to talk to somebody about a club that we really don't know much about. It's, 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 it's extra special for us. So we're really grateful that you've come on. Um, we always ask people for a prediction. So I'm going to have to put you through that experience. What, what are you going to predict for tomorrow? I reckon if we can keep it to less, letting in less than three, then I think that will be a massive success for us. <laughs> so I'm going to say we'll probably, if, we'll probably lose 3-1. 
I'm going to say it'd be, be something like that tomorrow. But that's my head talking. Obviously, Hart says that it's it ends like 1-1 one, one and we win on penalties, something like that. Yeah, well, you know, whilst, whilst there are penalties, there's always a chance. I mean, look, whatever happens, Dave, enjoy the trip down tomorrow. Stay safe and, and just really just just have a great day. I'm sure you will. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good fun. So looking forward to seeing you all there. Yeah, and good luck with the promotion as well this season. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's see. Yeah, uh, and, let's and if you're down, if you're down Wheelstone in April, Dave. Yeah, if I'm not in Southampton, I'll buy you a beer if you come along. Yeah, excellent. Sounds good. I'll be there. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. There you go. That's Dave. Uh, Dave uh, Garrett almost pronounced it wrong then from uh, Legends you of the Sp- said Dave Garrett. Well, possibly, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking dark thoughts, honestly. Really, I'm not <laughs> like that. No, Dave Garrett from uh, Legends of the Spark. It's been brilliant having you on the show. As I said, I wish you uh, huge luck for the rest of the season. I hope you have a great day tomorrow, and you never know, we might get to speak to you again soon. I hope so. Perfect. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. There you go. So, as I said, Dave Garrett from the Legends of the Spire podcast. We're playing Chesterfield in the third round of the FA Cup tomorrow, and we will be talking all about our perspective on that after the short break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And him up there, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. Now, it's uh, our turn to uh, have a look ahead to tomorrow's uh, game uh, in the third round of the FA Cup. Um which uh, which is a very special day in the football calendar, really. And we're playing Chesterfield. Chesterfield from the non-league, national league. Now, I've done my usual on the team selection, but I've got to be honest with you, I have absolutely no idea. But, JK, I've gone for this. Kepa. Uh, now, I mean, my defence is all over the place, and I think the defence is all over the place because... For all the discussion of young players, I don't see many young players who've come from the defence and sat on the bench or have been involved at all. Um, I think Saar definitely gets a pick. Uh, the the other guy whose name I can't pronounce, Mubiemba or whatever his name is, I could see him maybe getting a call-up because what I've now realised is that I put Chaloba as the centre-back in a three, but he's still not fit, so that he's clearly not going to play. And I know that Christensen might play, um, if he's if he's recovered and it looks as though he might, so we need at least another body in there to replace Chaloba. Given that we know Silver is out, Rudiger surely needs a rest. So maybe Rudiger has to play. I don't know, but anyway, we'll just... he'll play Dave. He'll play Dave. He'll play Dave, won't he? He'll play Dave right, and he put Christensen in the middle. Yeah. Dave fit. He hobbled off. Yeah. The yeah. No, he had. He, it was cramp. He said in the press. Okay. So he's fit. So in that case, it'll be Saar Christensen. Aspie. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that about Chalaber when I wrote this. Now, in the midfield, um, I think he will play some youth here because I, I mean, we know Vale can play left wing back, so I think he'll play left wing back. And Simons played against Brentford and did very well as the right wing back. Uh, so I think those will be our wing backs. And I think he'll play Loftus-Cheek and Saul in the middle. I agree. And up front, um, I mean, okay, I've got Hudson-Odoi in there, but I think it could equally be Werner if he needs to give Werner a minute. So I'm not too sure about that. It'd be one or the other. I think he'll start Barkley as well. 
Um, yes. I I personally would start Lukaku as part of his kind of what do they call it when you when you get a community re- sentence re- redemption. Well, when you get a community order, you know, when you don't get sent to prison for being naughty, you get a, you have to do community service. I see this as part of Lukaku's community service having to play. You have to do two hundred hours community service. That's it. Yeah, so, so there we go. Only done ninety minutes so far. Yeah. yeah. So I think he has to play for that reason alone, and I don't think it would be bad if he did anyway because. He should score a bloody hat fill against this mob. Um, but, I mean, if they don't play Lukaku, I suppose they could play Werner instead of Lukaku and have still have Hudson-Odoi. But then he might play Ziyech. Who knows? I mean, it's it's a bit of a lottery up front, isn't it? I think I he'll play Werner. I got from the presser, he felt that Werner was... Uh... Werner had been had been training, so I think he'll he'll put him in. At, As the striker or in, on the left? I don't, yeah, good point. I, I think I agree with you. He should play Lukaku. I'd like to see Lukaku playing. Um, and I think he'll then bring he'll bring the better players on as he did against Brentford. I think this will be rather like a Brentford performance, actually. I think he'll bring the, the better players on as the game progresses, um, particularly if uh, if it's looking a bit dodgy. But, but I, you know, it, who knows what they'll, how they'll turn up. I thought it was a very good point that he made about playing on a smaller pitch. And on, also not on such a good surface because they'll they'll be very in their in their faces. I think what will happen is they'll play very very well for um, about the first. Well, they might be overawed, but they'll have a period where they'll be very very excited, and then they'll get completely knackered because uh, it, it'll just be they'll be too fit for them. There is they, the fitness levels just won't be the same at all. We we will be too fit for Chesterfield ultimately, but I think um, if we score earlier early then their heads will go down i just think it's inevitable so but um uh, yeah i think it'll be i think you're right chidge i think simons will play and i think he'll play vale so uh, it, it's um uh, i think you're you're spot on other than the um than dave playing right yeah, back yeah, yeah, right right yeah. right center half what about bettinelli in goal instead of kepper that's my variation yeah i i think we're going to play bettinelli in goal tomorrow I'm going Aspi, Christensen, Saar, because I think that were the back three against Brentford. JK's right. I think it'll be a Brentford-like team. I'm going Simons, Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, Vale. Uh, and I'm going Werner, Lukaku and Hall up front. Hall Ooh. up front? Yeah. Yep. So say the, front, say the front three again. Werner, Lukaku and Hall. Okay. Yeah. Now that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Three, four, three. Yeah, yeah, but that would be interesting to see Hall play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, we, we've got a, a, an awful track record in getting this right, so don't hold your hopes out too much. Um, but I think we're all agreed, interestingly enough, that that there will be a mix of of, of you know squad players, players who need to have more time coming back for injury, and youth players. And interestingly, we all think that Lukaku should start up front, which I was surprised by. Actually, I didn't think we would all think that. I'd like to see him playing. I'd just like him to be there. I just think he he, he just needs to um, he needs to start scoring easy goals, you know. And I th- he could bully them to absolute pieces, you know. He's 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 such a monster. He just needs to be given an opportunity. But I agree about what you said, Mark. That he was just setting the team up in the uh, in the game during the week in the Spurs game, rather than than being. Um, being selfish we want somebody we want we want Viali we want Hughes we want somebody who just sees the goal and has a shot because uh, it needs to score more which he can do which he was starting to do against Villa and started to do and uh, what's the other game he played that he was really good just Arsenal. before he made the announcement well he, he played well against Arsenal early doors didn't he 
Yeah. No, no, I meant I meant in this little run he's been having. Because he wasn't very good against the Hammers. And that's, I think that was when he um, made his statement. I think he decided he didn't think he was being played um, in the right position. But then subsequently Villa and, oh, what's the other game? Um, yeah, it was Villa away, he came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was wonderful. Yeah. Second half of a real complete excellence. Absolutely. Bright. Dominated. Brighton, yeah. He was really good in the Brighton game as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult one with Lukaku because nobody's everybody's been quite quiet about this very salient point, which is, you know, if if you spend 100 million quid near his damn on one of the world's top strikers, which whether you like it or not, that's how he's rated. Um, and your mission is to buy somebody like that so you get 20 goals a season from them, if, if not more then most teams will will do what they can to get the best out of them. In other words, they will adapt the team to them, not get them to adapt to the team. And I think 99.9% of football managers would do that. But as as it so happens, we've got a manager at Chelsea at the moment who is all about the Gruppen. He's all about the team. You know, he doesn't bother about stuff like that. It's about the team. And, you know, whether I'm right with my assertion that there's something quite Klopp-like, Borussia Dortmund-like in the idea that they that they like playing with three very fluid strikers, not a target man who get might get marked out of the game and all that. that. I may be right about that, but you know it worked last year without a target man to a degree in the fact that we won the Champions League. But it still, for me, doesn't get away from the point that none of the fuckers look like scoring enough goals. So I think there is some sort of a disconnect there and something has to give. You know, but and I'll tell you this for nothing: Lukaku is never going to press and track back like I think Tuchel might want him to. And I and I really think somebody's got to give a little bit because you know, if you get the best out of Lukaku, he's going to score twenty twenty five goals for us a season. It's surely that's a no brainer. But Chid wasn't that working against uh, Villa and Brighton? I thought that he he played really well in those games, and it, it didn't seem he was altering the pattern of the of the team that much. I think the Villa game particularly. Particularly, you know that run that he did that was set yeah. up by Hudson Odoi yeah. and yeah. the header, a proper yeah. proper striker's goal that header. But that was breaking out of defence. That was a. Um... Well, then they, they were both different, weren't they? One was build-up yeah. play with a really yeah. good cross, yeah, and his movement in the box was brilliant to get Superb. that goal. Absolutely. And the other yeah. one was a classic kind of you know breakaway stroke counter-attack goal, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. he didn't score it, but I mean, he made it, didn't he? But he made it completely. Yeah. No, I. I... That gave me great hope. And as I say, I think this whole incident has um, slightly put the mockers on the momentum because I thought he would then have put in a very different performance um, against Spurs. He, he, he was um, he was very average. Yeah. But as you say, as you say, Mark, he, he, he looked much more of a team player. He did a fantastic dummy as well, didn't he, to let um, uh, somebody else in for a shot. I can't remember who it was. And, and he, he had a moment as well where it was almost like that you thought he's going to go on that run like he got uh, against Villa and yeah. pull the Tottenham defender out of the way, and then ended up getting fouled, which was then the free kick that led to our goal. You know, so yeah. you know, so there, there there were spells the other night where he was doing the right thing, but there was also spells where you know he was either quiet or you know he wasn't getting the service, or when he got the ball, he was just too generous. Yeah, you know, where tomorrow, you know, you'd have to play him. Because it's a great chance for him to get a few goals. You know, you play Werner as well, opportunity for him to get a few goals. Yeah. And coming back to your point, Chidge, I think for me it just reinforces that probably our manager had no say in buying him. Yeah. 
it was a club purchase rather than a two short purchase. And he's going to say, well, I'm, I'm not going to turn down a hundred million pound striker, but actually he has to fit into my way of playing rather than the other way around. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, look, you know, I think what the whole saga proved actually, which is really, I think if there's anything that's interesting that came, oh, there's a lot of interesting things that came out of it. But one, another interesting thing that came out of it is that actually Tuchel is, is a pragmatist and he's not stubborn. And if you remember my perennial rant throughout the entire Sarri season was that I cannot stand managers who are stubborn and have only one way of thinking. You know, I think the most successful managers are pragmatists. And I think he took a very pragmatic <clears throat> view in terms of getting Lukaku to apologise and all of that rather than freezing him out. Uh, and I think he'll take a pragmatic view to playing him. So I think that, that maybe what will happen is that Tuchel will move a little way towards Lukaku in terms of style of play and Lukaku will move a little way towards Tuchel in terms of style of play. That's what I hope anyway. Um, speaking of, um, of transfers, which we haven't discussed earlier, he mentioned in the presser that um, uh, he called him M. He said M is very much part of our of a possibility for us where we're, we're thinking about um, possible transfers at the moment. We're just working it out. So we might see the return of Emerson as, um, as cover for, uh, for Chilwell. I, I mean, you know, for all of his myriad flaws and faults, uh, he's clearly not a, a bad player. If he was getting into the Italy side that beat England, oh, England, England in the European Championships, his attitude might be better because I think he was pissed off because he wasn't getting games. And I have to say that it makes a lot of sense because I don't want them to go and buy, you know, a subpar alternative to... Uh, Chilwell and Reese, who will then be superfluous to requirements when they're back fit and yeah. sitting there stinking the place out on a bloody big wage bill. It's, yeah. it's, we've been there, done it, and we don't want to do it again. From a business point of view, the fact they're probably paying, um, is Leon he's playing for, they're probably paying part of his wages, yeah. so they might as well have him back. And he, as he, he made a big thing of saying he's a very good influence in the dressing room. Is he? he said that today. Yeah. We have some breaking news, guys, okay. because as, as we've always said, this show is live. 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 Diego Costa has just become a free agent. <laughs> Getting back for a couple of months, a bit of shit housing. How, how old is he now? 33. I mean, he was absolutely beyond shit the last year he was at Atletico, wasn't he? Oh, I know, I know. But can, you know, can you imagine it was like, you know, we, we've had a few strikers when they're in their late 30s, like Samuel Eto had a purple patch. George Ware had a purple patch. Fato Pato. Yeah, you know, but you know, you might imagine a fit Diego Costa for the second half of the season if he accepted he was a squad player. Yeah, he, he, he's nuts. I don't know. It's quite. I, know, I, I loved him. I thought, yeah, but as you say, like he had a poor last season at Atletico. But you know, you know, squad squad cover if we needed, if we continue to be depleted. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's interesting. I think the key to tomorrow, irrespective of who you know we're playing, whether we're playing a you know a national league team or not. The, th the thing that has impressed me most, because, I mean, I remember we said this on Monday, JK. Bloody hell, that intensity and the speed of passing against Liverpool was phenomenal. You know, how, how, how on earth can a team that was bound to not have half the players that we expected in there do that again? And bugger me, they did it again. Again, I mean, yeah. it was the intensity and the speed of thought and passing was brilliant with completely different players. So I want to see that again. I want to see that, in, that level of intensity and that quickness of ball because that's what's, you know, that's been an element. I mean, the quickness of ball has been an element that's been missing, I think. And I really want to see that tomorrow. But um, other than the final third is the trouble, though, isn't it, Chidge? Once yeah. again, 
it's the quickness of getting the ball into the penalty area but then the the precision as she goes for is just absolutely weird how they cannot score yeah i mean well we will see won't we i mean the bottom line is i'm sure like like me you're all absolutely just madly up for it i mean we've been to what four finals in the last five years we've lost the last two i love winning the fa cup i love the fa cup as a competition but i I love chelsea winning it it it, it, it's it's only i mean i know it sounds like an odd thing to say because i mean i love being premier league champions and champions of europe too but there's still something really special about the cup for me so i really hope that they're they're bang up for it i think i think tuchel gets it actually you know i mean he alluded to it in the presser today um about not being happy that we lost it last year effectively um and it was a bit of a blot on his copybook really so i would hope that uh, tuchel is actually you know mad keen to go and win it this year but uh, what do you think about about a the competition mark and our desire to win it and tuchel's desire to win it well when we did our fan cast predictions at the beginning of the season i think did i well i certainly predicted this i think last year you know to either get to the final or win it i think i said we'd win it so you know, so very frustrating last season, as brilliant as it was to win the Champions League, being at Wembley that day, you know, getting back, watching football. And, you know, I know Chilwell's goal, I thought, was onside, but not really turning up and not turning up on time. You know, so very frustrating, like losing our last few visits to Wembley and Cup final, losing the bloody Arsenal as well in previous seasons twice. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a sort of like, you know, blot on his copybook last season for sort of blowing the FA Cup when... Yeah, we should we should have beaten Leicester. We played them a few days later at Stamford Bridge and beat them, you know, you know, uh, in front, you know, of eight eight thousand people. But the FA Cup, it's other than when the football fixtures come out first day of the season, this is the almost like the best day of the season. You know, FA Cup third round home tie. Although I think it would have been nice to go to Chesterfield tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I think that'd be an absolutely fan- fantastic day out. But nonetheless, I think it'd be brilliant tomorrow. Full ground, six thousand fans, forty thousand people singing carefree. Yeah, which will confuse the fuck out of some of the commentators on the BBC, I imagine. So looking forward to it. There'll be a great atmosphere because obviously it doesn't kick off till half five. So the Chesterfield fans will be on it all day. So it'll be very, very, very raucous. And do you know what? You know, and I think Marco said it on the show the other night. You know, as much as you know, we're in every competition at the moment and we're still in the, the World Club blah blah championship. Um, and we're still in the, you know, not the Johnson's pain, um, the old the pizza cup as well still. Um, and we get Wigan if we get past Arsenal. If we only end up with an FA Cup win this season, I'd still be bloody delighted. There's nothing better than winning the FA Cup at Wembley. And, you know, since 1997, since we won it for the first time since 97, we've had some magnificent days out at Wembley. Some of you my favourite days. Yeah, it really, it really is a fabulous, fabulous day out winning the FA Cup. And there was a while there where you know, we were winning you know, every season, every other season. And I, I, out of anything, as much as I wanted to win the league at the start of the season, there's still a chance. Yeah, Man City will be key next week. It would just be brilliant to win the FA Cup this year, especially after losing it last year. And the year before. And the year before. Absolutely, yeah. Totally right. Yeah. I would imagine you agree with that sentiment, Mr Kidd. I can't add anything. I will just sit here and nod. Mm. Yes. How do you think it's going to go then tomorrow? I thought you had some very interesting, uh, you know, perspectives on that. How do you think it's going to go? 6-0. 6-0. Okay. See, normally I'd say, for fuck's sake, JK, you're nuts. But to, now I'm thinking, yeah, you, it probably should be, frankly, against a National League side. I mean, however, it might be 3-1, as he said. It might be, um, it, you know, it, 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 
if they'll come out and start fouling if they do that if they're on it they, and it becomes all a bit scrappy but I, I, know, don't, I, mean, I don't think they're that type of team Chesterfield they're not yeah. that kind of player Dave was talking about you know sounding like Saka or Mad Mac Gav <laughs> Mad Gav Mad yeah. Gav <laughs> well, how about, that's the wrong word then how about just being energetic being very energetic and up for it you know yeah. I mean and I, th- I think they'll try and play football you know I know uh, you know Will they park the bus and try and hope for penalties? We'll we'll have to wait and see. But you know, you you would say on any other day, you know, we should turn up, we should win comfortably, and we should score plenty of goals. They are a national league side after all. You know, um, the romantic in me because there is romance in the FA Cup. Nothing more romantic than a third round tie. We'll win, but I'd like I'd like the idea of Chesterfield fans actually getting a goal because I'm a bit of a softie at heart. So I'll go five one. All right. Well, so 6-0 for JK, 5-1 for Mark. I'm going to, because I like Dave so much, he was a brilliant guest, I'm going to go 3-1 for us because it would clearly make him a very happy man. And anybody who can accept 3-1, a 3-1 defeat to make them happy is all right by me. So I'm going to go 3-1. So there you go. All will be revealed tomorrow. Uh, as Mark was saying, it's a half-five kickoff. Uh, so there we go. If everybody who's going, stay safe. Have a great day. Have a, get on it in the pub nice and early because it's a late kickoff. So enjoy the day. Uh, now, as for us, well, uh, JK and myself will be back, of course, on Monday uh, for the main Chelsea Fancast show with the Smut Buddies, no less. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, Tony Glover and Alex Churchill, me and JK, back at 7pm on Monday looking back at the Chesterfield match and ahead, of course, to the Spurs-Caribou Cup semi-final second leg. And then next Friday evening, we'll be back with the preview show with me, JK, Dean Mears and Adam Newson from London, And we'll be looking back at the Spurs match, of course, and ahead to a massive match next weekend against uh, Man City. So there you go. Mark, always a delight to have you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely delight to be on the show. We didn't have any celery or Guinness moments tonight. No, we yeah. don't on a Friday. There's no oh, no no fannies on. There's no oh, fanny on Friday, mate. Shame because we had such a few great moments on Wednesday night against Tottenham. Well, right? Rudiger's shithousery of the season, kicking Fantastic. the ball at Ndembélé, I think definitely. that was just an absolutely superb moment. And and, I, and we talked about Seoul earlier. That sliding tackle he did, mm. you know, superb tackle. And I think you know, you know, that really was the turning point for anyone that doubted that this guy could play football. So yeah. Uh, good start to the you know the weekend last week with the result against Liverpool. Good middle beating Tottenham, and hopefully a good end to the week with a good win tomorrow. And when's the draw? Is it Sunday or Monday? I don't know. Probably Monday. I'd have thought. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't I, know. I think. I think it'd be obviously work on the basis we get through, and nothing stupid happens. And son of David Ellery doesn't rock up and send a couple of our players off. And you know, yeah. I think it'd be nice just to get a really decent away tie. You know, perhaps somewhere you know where it's got big enough grounds. You know, bring a lot of people. Um, but a ground we haven't played at before. Yeah, that's what yeah. I always always want, and we yeah. seldom get it, do we? So we get, fingers we crossed. We seldom get it in the FA yeah. Cup. Yeah, great home ties, brilliant. You get through, you progress. Yeah. But yeah, there's part of me that like you know a really good sort of away day out in the FA Cup. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, J.K. As always, you are a a legend and a trooper, and your fan bites go from strength to strength, mate. They're getting so much love. It's it. I cannot tell you how how that how it gladdens my heart, mate. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, they're good fun to do. So thank you very much. Nice to get good response. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's, and uh, don't forget to ping it, email me, or you know, so I. We, oh, I'll yeah. to do that. 
I'll do that automatically. Yeah, because then I'll, I'll get it out on YouTube as quick. as Actually, that's a very good point, people listening. Uh, we do have, amazingly enough, and have always had uh, a YouTube channel. It's just your uh, resident captain's a Burke and, and forgot his password for about the last four years. So that's why it's been really inactive. <laughs> Plus the fact I don't like my ugly mug going on tv J- jk's twisting my arm about that he may well win you never know uh but we do have a youtube channel and that's where i'm putting all of jk's fan bites so if you're not on twitter or anything don't worry you can still see them on youtube uh, and of course all you have to do is go to youtube and punch in chelsea fancast and you will find it so go and subscribe to the channel the other thing that you might like if you if you're new to the show is that they, we've pretty much got the entire body of work that we did on on sports tonight live uh, including the wonderful JK costume cho- uh, costume change show, the <laughs> wonderful uh, Sophie Rose, uh, you know, well, I, I just say Sophie Rose and leave it at that, but she was on a few times. There's yeah. some absolutely bonkers shows there. And the one she where we... we yeah, we, exactly. We, 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 we covered the Man City game live and it all went very wrong, but it was quite funny. So we've got a whole back catalogue of stuff there, plus various interviews we've done. So do subscribe to our youtube channel so there you go right that is more than enough for tonight i think we've as always overstayed our welcome but it's been great fun as always uh you like mixler lovely to see you in there as always we'll see you again on monday and everybody else thank you for listening see you on monday until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chelsea It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.